This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Let's see it. Let's see it. Oh, go, Paul. Go, baby. Sweet. Got two mics. I was worried about that. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, I am humbled uh, to hear that story from Jimmy. I had heard it from others, but never from him. Is uh, is pretty humbling. Just to be here is humbling. Um, we've got, uh, I think, an exciting presentation for you. Ho! Oh. And we uh, we coined it the question that no one is asking. Um, so, Josh, you wanna you wanna hit the next one? Yeah, I'm trying to. Where's the? Is it this? There we go. So, I think it's important that we just do a quick introduction. I think. Most people in this room know who really both of us are. I think I, think I work with almost half of you right now, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, and then most people know Paula. But uh, Paula is the owner of Parker & Sons right here in town, the largest HVAC, most successful, profitable business. Former owner. Former owner. Wrench, Wrench group. group. Yes, there we go. Former owner. Uh, caveat to that, we mean by one market. Like we're not Roto-Rooter or uh, something like that, but one market. And we'll talk about Parker and Sons here in a second. Uh, former executive of uh, Blue Dot and Road Rear. Uh, last year, Parker and Sons did $210 million in residential service here in Phoenix. Phoenix and Tucson. No, uh, uh, just Phoenix. That's just Phoenix, yep. Uh, a shameless plug. He's an author. Uh, if you haven't got his book, I'm biased. But uh, check it out. It's Tricks of the Trade. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. And... Uh, he got to write his own slide, so apparently he's a joke-telling machine. If it's up there, it must be true. Yeah, anything on the internet's true. <laughs> Let me introduce Josh. He's my son. Uh, he just had a little boy uh, one week ago, little Harvey. <laughs> our, uh, our second grandchild. So uh, most of you know him from Parker and Sons. Uh, and about, what, five, six years ago, you decided to leave Parker and Sons. He was uh, handling the advertising for us and, uh, and, and some other things. And I give him credit because he was doing so well and he wanted to do something on his own. And uh, he split off and, uh, and then started Clover, what, four years ago? Yep. Which has really turned into what I, I'm a little biased, but one of the best uh, coaching and training arms in our industry. So um, he works with some of the largest companies in the U.S., uh, including Parker & Sons, too. And, uh, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, you, uh, I got the I, last touch on the slides. I just saw so this slide last night. Uh, obviously, I didn't see it this morning, but uh, it's funnier. I, I literally, I got in trouble with Chris because I said, hey, we have a minor adjustments on slides. And it's just so I could put is funnier than Paul. Which, which actually is funny, I guess, because that's, I mean, when you say something like that, that's pretty funny. So Parker & Sons, a quick introduction to Parker & Sons. Uh, uh, Biden in the business about 18 years ago, a family business. Uh, at the time, we had about 20, 40 trucks. What was it, 40 trucks? Yeah, like uh, 25, 30 trucks. 25 we trucks. Now we have over 500, over 1,000 team members, and... I think this is interesting, too, because it's going to tie back to what we're talking about today. 
we're about four times as large as the next biggest competitor here in Phoenix. So it's not a slight market share, it's a dominant market share. So, to the question. Yeah, so I wanted Josh to kind of cover that because uh, the last thing I want to do up here is brag or feel like I'm bragging. Uh, so I figured he could cover that. And then, but really the question is, is why? You know, why are we, you know, four times larger? How did, how did we do that, right? And as I thought about this presentation, and Josh and I were thinking like, what could we possibly say to you all that would make a difference to you all? I mean, you've heard some of the best trainers in our industry, and uh, what could we possibly cover today that you haven't already heard, haven't already seen, haven't already done, uh, and we wanted to bring something that you haven't seen, heard, or done, yeah. right? So we sat down, I mean, what are the odds, maybe with a drink in front of us. And we talked about it, we talked about it, talked about it. And we didn't come up with anything, actually. So we decided we'd just give you 25 extra minutes of your time. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. No, no, we did actually come up with something. Right. Because uh, we know something you don't. And it's pretty profound. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, it's a question more than it is anything else. And it's a question that nobody asks. Nobody asks in our industry. Um, when I brought it up to Josh, I, I had the original idea. Um, and I said, does Clover teach this? Do they ask this? No, no. I, I brought it up to Chris. And uh, I said, Chris, you know, he knows everybody. He's the king of... Of, of connection, and I said, have, have you asked anybody this question? No. Um, nobody teaches it. Techs don't know it. Owners don't know it. PE firms don't even ask it, and yet it's one of the most important questions that you could ever ask about your business, maybe about your life, too. You guys want to know the question? You want to know the question? You want to yes. know the question? Come on. All Do you right. want to know the question? Uh, it's weak, but we'll go with it anyway. <laughs> Question is, why are there so many ice cream flavors? Huh? Did you come in here asking that question? No. 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 But we're going to cover why there's so many ice cream flavors, and we're going to tie it into your business and your life, maybe. And we're going to give you something that I hope you walk away from, and you say, Wow. That's, uh, that's quite, you know, because we wanted something that would wow you. We wanted something that, in the end, you would say, the hell with Nelly, we want more Kelly. Yeah. Right? So, there are so many ice cream flavors. There's thousands of flavors. You want to go into why there's so many ice cream flavors real quick? There's what? Why there's so many ice cream flavors. What The theory between why? I could do it. Yeah, go ahead. So when we were talking about this, and it was a joke to start, but then we really started thinking about it, right? And we was like, well, because people like choice. They want something to custom that speaks to them. And we went through this 20-minute conversation about why there actually are so many ice cream flavors. And we came to a conclusion. Although there's thousands of ice cream flavors, there are only three that actually matter. There's chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. 
They dominate the market. These are the ice cream flavors that are absolutely everywhere. In fact, many places that make chocolate, like if you go to Wendy's or McDonald's, it's vanilla ice cream with chocolate flavoring. So even though there's thousands of ice cream flavors, there's only three that actually drive a lot of revenue. Does this make sense? Yes? So why is ice cream dominated by just three flavors? Well, it's, it's really about simplicity, right? Simplicity is the key to everything. So, and it's the key in your business as well. Where am I supposed click, to be pointing this, click. Chris? There we go, sorry. So it has very few ingredients, right? The ingredients in what you roll out in your business, the more simple that you can make it, the, more it, the easier it is to implement, right? The more scalable it becomes, right? And simplicity is the key to our success at Parker & Sons. It's our success at Wrench. Uh, Ken has a very simplistic way of looking at business. Not, we're not saying Ken's simple, by the way. Yeah, well, no. But, but it is about, like, how simple can you make something? Because if the more simple you make it, the better. If you get too complicated, like Rocky Road, then, then who knows what can happen? And can everyone make Rocky Road? And when you implement Rocky Road... It's going to taste different depending on who implements it, right? So the consistency, really, the more ingredients that you have in a formula or in a sales pitch or in anything, the, the less it uh, works normally. So is this picture of me or? Oh, no, that looks like Biden. I actually can't tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, so the key to the relatability is the simplicity and the diversification. So not only are these simple flavors, but we're talking about vanilla. Vanilla dominates the market significantly more than any other flavor, right? But there's more than one vanilla. There's French vanilla. There's, I mean, there's like five or six different vanillas. There's uh, vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, yeah. Yeah. Natural vanilla. Classic vanilla. Classic. But so they've simplified the recipe and repeated it over and over and over again and got it to get you everywhere, right? So vanilla... Really? There we go. Vanilla and chocolate literally dominate the market everywhere. They're in every grocery store, in every restaurant. Very rarely do you see a Rocky Road or a bubblegum flavor. Yeah, you go to schools, you go to restaurants, you go to, obviously, ice cream shops, which uh, Monique, I think, visited yesterday for me. Um, and uh, no, but anywhere you go, you can find vanilla. So I want to talk about our biggest disadvantage in business. And we're gonna relate it back to ice cream. So the biggest disadvantage I have, and, and Paul has this with Parker & Sons because we have hundreds of technicians. I have even more because I work with GM's owners that also have hundreds of technicians. So I have to teach it to the owner GM who has to teach it to their manager, then has to teach it to their supervisor, and then it has to teach it to their techs, right? So I end up playing this game of telephone if I could get the slide to work. Playing this game of telephone is our biggest disadvantage. We cannot make anything complicated because I can't win telephone. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, the game telephone, correct? You tell someone up here, it goes all the way around, ends up over here. If I, you know how you win in telephone? 
You make it as simple as humanly possible. If it's complicated, it doesn't work. Simple, scalable. Our biggest advantage. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with SmartAC.com. You've got to check it out now. Our, vi- our biggest advantage is simplicity, right? Simplicity is the key to everything. Simplicity makes it more scalable. Uh, the more scalable it is, the faster you can grow your business. And the earlier that you can get this going in a business, the more scalable your business will become. All of our businesses will grow to a certain size. Um, so, but getting simple things implemented and making everything that you do more simple is, is the key. Yeah. And, and like, you'll hear this from me a lot, like whether it's Gareth or Dave, or, uh, I mean, we have a bunch of people in here, but, uh, Sammy, like the first thing I'm always going to ask is that a scalable idea, right? And how do you know it's scalable? And this is the one slide where I would say, if you wanted to, I gotta get somebody else to work this thing for me. There we go. If you want to take a picture of this, this is probably the most valuable slide you may get today, but certainly in our presentation. And, and this is the rules of scalability. Now, what I would tell you is I cannot, under any circumstance, roll out a program, a system, a script, a sales technique, unless it answers all these questions correctly. And if you're a four or five million dollar or even a 10 million dollar business, you may be able to get away with not doing one of these because you could have the one-on-one conversations it takes and you could pound it into their head. But I could tell you, it will work a lot better if you can. So if one of the answers is no, it means you need to go back to the drawing board. So let's go through them super quick. Can I explain this effectively in about a minute? Or even, even 30 seconds. Shorter the better, but if I could do it in a minute, it's a scalable idea to me. And we'll use real life examples here shortly. If I explain it in a minute, is it intuitive enough, intuitive enough, that when I explain it to that person, that they can explain it in a minute? I'm playing the game of telephone. If the answer is no, I have to go back to the drawing board and retry. Are there clear goals, accountability, and tracking with this idea? How do I know if it worked or not? I have to have that in place to be scalable. Can I make a one sheet that explains even when I'm not there? Can I answer all the questions without being in the room? If I can't do that, then I can't launch this program. Is it easy and repeatable, not just with the fifth technician, but the 200th? Not with the 10th customer, but with the thousandth, the 10,000th to 100,000th. Can I do it every single time, 100% repeatable, and be the McDonald's of this, of this process where I know exactly what's going to happen every time? Is this making sense, by the way? Is this valuable, by the way? Yes? It's too complicated. <laughs> All right, we're done. Last question. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. And then the biggest one, this is where a lot of contractors mess up. Do I have the bandwidth to actually roll this out effectively? 
I have to build it into the culture before I stop. How do we know, I'm just gonna say this, someone shout out, how do I know if something's built into the culture? There's two indicators. Happens when you're not there. He's paid attention to my meetings, I like it. Happens when you're not there, what's the second thing? It happens without exception. When it happens without exception, and they talk about it when you're not in the room, that's when we can move on to something else, and not until. Does this make sense? Yes? Awesome. Thank you. So we're going to look at some practice. Oh, he got rushed it. Yeah, I'll just point it here. I'm going to leave it up here. So let's look at some practical examples. Yep, you're, uh, you're up first. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. So <clears throat> a practical, simple example of this is reporting. And I'm going to talk specifically about a revenue report, a DP report, some of you call it DMR, DPR. So many people have, thank you, so many have these complicated, unbelievable, and I'm not going to name anybody, I'm not going to pick anybody in the industry, but we all know who they are, where they have this amazing spreadsheet, and it covers everything you would ever want. It talks about average ticket, time spent on a call, uh, the revenue for the day, the closing percentage, the conversion percentage on the phone, how much that market call costs for marketing, and it's this amazing, sexy spreadsheet that's so complicated, no one really understands it. I need a translator. I can't hand it to a manager or a technician and they know what's happening. Anybody ever seen a spreadsheet like that? Yes? Dave's it. I, got, I yelled at Dave for that one time. That's a true story. Anyway, a better version of that is a DP report. All I'm gonna look at is what's my goal for the month by department? What's my revenue per day I need to hit that goal? Am I hitting that goal, yes or no? Am I far behind or ahead? Now what this doesn't do is tell me everything I need to know if it's behind. But I can hand it to any member of my team and they know red numbers mean it's below and green numbers mean above. And it tells them when they need to take action. Does this make sense? It's scalable, I don't have to explain it. If I have to explain it, I can be explained with one minute, it's scalable, repeatable, yes? Yeah, how about pay plans? Uh, how complicated can some pay plans get? I mean, I, I talk to techs in some companies, I've seen some pay plans, uh, and they don't even know how they're paid. They know they're paid, right? But when you ask them, hey, how are you paid? They have trouble explaining it. Certainly can't do it in a minute. And, uh, and so the more complicated the pay program, the less apt they are, to want to affect that pay program by what they do each day, each job, whatever. When you know what you're going to get paid on each job, then that triggers them to do better. When I first bought Parker and Sons back in 2004, uh, we were hourly, and so I wanted to come up with a commission system. And so I basically came up with the system that's on the right there, which basically just says you get 20% of your total ticket. Now, they still get spiffs, they still get you know, money for turnovers, but as far as getting paid, that was the pay program. 20% of the total ticket, if they're doing a $1,000 repair, it's pretty easy to figure out 
you know, that I'm going to get, you know, $100, right? It's, it's $200. Uh, yeah, uh, $200, sorry. Dar. See, not simple enough. I guess we need to work on it. So it, uh, so the key is simplicity, right? Can you explain it? I like things where you can explain it in seconds, uh, not even a minute. 20% of your total ticket works. Uh, you do this uh, billable hours and some of the things that some companies get into. I'm not saying it's a bad system, but make sure that if it is a little more complicated, that they understand it and can explain it. Uh, yeah, 100%. And by the way, does everyone agree one is more scalable than the other? And by the way, your margins are protected when you do 20%, correct? I don't have to worry when I get a price increase. I've automatically paid my technicians more. I've already solved so many issues when I think scalably ahead of time. Does this make sense? Yes? And to think I'm a CPA. I know, it's I know, terrible. That's, man. <laughs> Can't even do 20% math, that's terrible. So here's a good example. I think many people are guilty of this one. Not using a scalable sales system. Most people try to use a perfect pitch. So let me describe a perfect pitch for you. Hey, I'm going to talk about setting up new system leads. And I have this amazing presentation. It's like step-by-step. Step. It covers everything I want. It's so sexy. No customer can say no to this. It's about four minutes long. It's unbelievable. If my technicians nail it, they're going to get a flip every single time. It's perfect. Oh, by the way, we sell a lot of air scrubbers too. Uh, I have this beautiful presentation. It talks about being, buying a filter instead of being a filter. Uh, it tells the whole story about how much airflow goes through your AC system, how much goes through your lungs. It's like this amazing presentation. It takes about three and a half minutes. And if the technician does that well, they're going to get an air scrubber every single time. And when we're talking about water heaters, we're going to talk about tankless water here. We have this beautiful, amazing, perfect presentation. And it takes about five minutes. Let's be honest with this. Are those perfect when they're nailed perfectly? They're better. But it's not scalable. How many times do your technicians nail that four-minute speech? Rarely. How many technicians know how to nail all of those three, four, five-minute speeches? Never. You have to create a scalable sales system. Scalable sales system where they don't have to think and they repeat it every single time. So we're going we're gonna to time this the best we can. I'm going to explain this process in one minute. And you're going to understand. Because we, uh, we just got five minutes left. So. Yeah. Well, we've only got... <laughs> Yeah, we only got a few slides left. We're okay. So I'm going to explain this in one minute, and you're going to understand it. We use a sales system called I Noticed Most Of Why. I use it for every accessory sale, every upsell, everything I'm going to talk about outside of repairs. I Noticed is a passive way to bring things up. Technicians don't like being salespeople. Most of, I'm setting social expectations, and I drop one value point. I don't want to unload my gun. And I open an open-ended question at the end, why? So I'll give you a real-life example. I notice you have an older AC system. Most of our customers consider replacing when it gets over 10 years old just because it saves them so much money. Can I ask why you haven't considered replacing? I notice you don't have an air scrubber. Most of our customers have at least some IAQ product, indoor air quality, just because the truth is the number one filter in your home is your AC unit. Filters about 60% of the air in your home. The number two filter in your home is your lungs. I'd rather you buy a filter than be a filter. Can I ask why you don't have an air scrubber? 
You get me? You understand the process. If I put a one sheet on top of that, could you teach it right now? You'll get better as you practice it, but could you teach that right now? Yes or no? Yes. Simple, it's scalable. Now the cool part is, let's be honest about what we're asking our technicians to do. When I have technicians that aren't selling, which we all have that problem at least sometimes, is it because they're not doing a perfect pitch or is it because they're not opening their mouth? Overwhelmingly, it's because they're not opening their mouth. If I create a system where they don't have to think, they're much, much, much more likely to open their mouth. Yes? I came up with that system years ago and, uh, and it was mainly because it was a system that I needed. I needed something simple. And, uh, and, and, I, and then I had to teach it, so it, it works, it works. So uh, how to solve any problem? I'll make this a quick one so we can catch up a little time. There's all kinds of ways to solve problems. There's all kinds of methods and procedures and seminars you can go to, SWAT method, whatever. Uh, it's in the book, but one of the simplest ways that I've figured out how to solve anything, maybe even world hunger, I don't know, but certainly staffing and uh, all kinds of things within your business is if you do two things, you meet often enough with the right people, meet often enough with the right people, you'll solve any problem. You will not meet and all stare at each other, right? If you meet often enough, which sometimes means once a day, certainly means once a week, uh, it doesn't mean once a month or once a year, and with the right people. If you're not solving it, get some other people. Get some outside people sometimes, whether it's Clover or somebody else. Uh, meet often enough with the right people, solves any problem. You'll come up with a plan, you'll assign responsibilities, you'll hold people accountable when you meet often enough. It, it really is an exercise and this, this is very simple and all of these ideas are very simple, right? But when you meet in the same room at the same time on the same topic and you don't talk about anything else, you will do anything to get out of those meetings in the future. So you just start coming up with some crazy stuff. It's like, what if we did that? And it's like, well, let's try it. Let's, but yeah, anyway. So the moral of the story is be vanilla. Be that scalable. Be everywhere. Grow your business. The biggest businesses, and you, there's a lot of huge businesses in the room, right? Almost all of them have different techniques, different systems, different plans, different USPs, different personalities, but they've all learned that if you have to think scalable right from the beginning, otherwise you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah, people ask me all the time at Parker, how'd you grow so fast? Like, what's the secret? I said, there isn't a secret. Everything I do, you do. It, uh, I may do it just a little bit different, but we implement really, really well. And it's about, I, I always just say, we're just a run-of-the-mill, you know, a vanilla company, uh, soon to be 300 million in Phoenix. So be yeah. vanilla. And we're gonna give out a quick gift. We figure it's nine in the morning. It's probably time for some ice cream. It is time for so, ice cream. So we have some vanilla ice cream. Monique, can you get the team here and pass out ice cream to everybody? So we got ice cream for everyone. We do have a, a special. Yeah, we got- There are two people that are gonna get a special ice cream. Everyone else gets vanilla because you wanna be vanilla, right? Yeah, and then we got, uh, I'll, I'll let, do, do we know? No, yeah. yeah, we'll have to, we'll do it here in a sec. Yeah. Uh, real quick, a shameless plug. 
So uh, real quick, I've got a book, Tricks of the Trade of Success. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, it, uh, it'll, it'll show you, if, if anything, it's about simplicity. The whole book has a magic theme. Uh, many of you have read it. Uh, please enjoy it and, uh, and give me some uh, feedback online. And then, guys, I know quite a few of you already use me in this room, but if you did want a call or a conversation about how we could grow your business, we are the number one consulting and best practices company in this industry right now. Uh, you could ask a lot of people in this room. If you want to have a conversation, I'll obviously be here. Stop by, get on my calendar, and let's have a conversation. And then as you guys are getting ice cream, we're just going to draw some attention here. We got two people with special ice cream. Uh, Monique? So, so the, first, yeah. the first one getting a special ice cream um, is Ishmael. He's not vanilla. He's not vanilla. Yeah. That, that boy is not vanilla. He is Superman ice cream. <laughs> and I, I got to give, give Monique credit. Uh, she's my assistant. She had to go to an ice cream shop to find Superman. It was not sold in the store, so we, uh, so, yep, there you go, Ish. <laughs> and we got, we got, we got one more, which, uh, here. So, one more, I asked for banana nut bread, because it just made perfect sense, but apparently banana nut bread was very difficult to get. But, uh, Tommy, you're a loaded fudge, fudge sundae. <laughs> All right, back to you, Chris. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.